Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Friday, June the 29th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Your second daily dose of happy for this beautiful Friday. Last one of the weekdays, but uh, of course another one coming up on the weekend. And we're excited. The weekend's here. Things are going good because, you know, people like when they get their weekends. And you got to find the good anywhere, everywhere. And weekends are a good way to do it. So happy weekend, everybody. Hope you're preparing for something really fun. Maybe go to the beach. Maybe you're going to the mountains. Maybe you're getting away. I hope you're doing something. Um, I don't know. How about you? Are you going anywhere? I mean, I, I know you got a lot of heat you deal with out there in, in Texas. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, I, I'm in hibernation mode. I stay inside yeah. in the very cool air-conditioned temperatures of uh, my house. Yeah. Um, I have some fun work that I want to plan on doing, that I plan on doing this weekend. So, you know, whether it's the weekend or the weekdays, it's all good to me. I get to do what I choose to do, even when I'm working at my day job. You know, that's still a choice, and I love it's being true. a choice. It is a choice, yeah, and and that's an important thing to remember. We choose everything that comes into our lives, and it, it can but be a little sometimes, bit. Sometimes, sometimes people don't know that they're choosing it, even though they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's a bit of an eye opener at first when you first realize that you're choosing it. Like, wait, I never chose that. <laughs> Yeah, but we do. We choose absolutely everything because we are the creators of our reality. It certainly gives we us have ultimate. Yeah, we have ultimate control over our life. It certainly gives us plenty of uh, motivation to be more deliberate about what we're choosing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing in the whole world is thinking about being a deliberate creator, mm-hmm. not a default creator, but a deliberate creator. It's funny, too. I mean, I was noticing this week how... Um, well, my, my month challenge that I, to myself is, is kind of drawing to a close because we're near the end of the month here, but I had plenty of opportunity this week to practice, you know, how was it going to respond well to whatever situation came on my way. And mm-hmm. as things were, as I was reacting better and better to stuff, I realized that there are a number of things that I want to ask differently. And so I am asking differently and have been. And one of those things is, it isn't just that I want to react well. I want to, oh, geez, I haven't found a good way to express this yet. I want to have more easy. <laughs> I want to have a smoother go of it because this week has been really busy. And it's gotten to the point where, I don't know, it's, it, it's almost like I'm doing you know, work just for the sake of doing work. And that's not really what I had in mind. What I had in mind was a lot easier than that and a lot more so how about, fun. How about something like, I, I really desire to live in a life of ease and flow where there's a synchronicity that abounds. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'll go with that. You can have it. <laughs> I'll take I like two, please. Ease and flow and synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and you can shorten it. I like ease, flow, and synchronicity. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. That works to my advantage where I get to feel good. Uh, now, I have to say there have been a number of things that happened this week that did feel good. I, I mean, without me even having to, you know, pivot or bridge or shift or anything like that. Um, one of them was Louise and I went out to dinner with friends of ours who were contributors to the book um, that we all published mm-hmm. this past month. And Anne-Marie and Mike um, are people we met last December, and we've become good friends with them. And we don't get out to dinner as often as we would like to, but we got out last night or Wednesday night and it was, had a good time. And then Thursday night, I got a call from Mike. Now, Mike had also called into the show on Monday. So I've had a lot of contact with Mike this week. 
And he mm-hmm. called me to, I, I mentioned this in this morning's podcast, but I just want to say it again, because I don't know if he was listening to this one. I hope he hears, um, you know, the, the afternoon podcast, if he didn't hear the morning podcast. But I mean, he was just so excited about being in the book and about being mm-hmm. made an author because he was a contributor to the book. And his excitement <clears throat> is actually taking a tangible form because his purpose for his call last night was to suggest that we should do another book signing at the Buttonwood like we did uh, a couple weeks ago. And he said, well, why don't we also try to do one at the Wesleyan Bookstore because Middletown is where Wesleyan University is. And I said, okay, sounds good to me. And he said, well, mm-hmm. while we're at it, why don't we also try to get on the Wesleyan radio station? I, mean, I, I got contacts around here. I said, okay, that sounds like fun. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you, you get somebody like that who, who's, who's in your corner. And, and Mike is just a he's such a, an enthusiastic person he's a great person to have as a friend and i mean i'm just i i guess i wanted to make sure he knew how much i appreciate what he's doing to try to to make these things happen i mean i, I mm-hmm. i'm just so appreciative of it so thanks mike and you know when you have a cheerleader who's so excited about something it's part of stirring the energy for the whole process for oh, yeah. the book for the radio show yeah. for law of attraction you know that's all good. I mean, totally it, all good. It kind of reminds me of what Joel and I talked about for a number of years, you know, back when we were doing it as just a once a week podcast, how we would really love to get on to mainstream radio. And well, Wesleyan University Radio, Wesleyan Radio, that that's like one step in that direction. Who knows? Maybe that leads to other stuff too. I mean, maybe maybe this is the breakthrough. I don't know. Is Wesley in a college? Yes, it's a small university in in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, it's it's very much of a college town in in many ways, but it's it's just a nice. It, it, I don't know how to describe Middletown. There, there's no clear way to describe it. It's its own entity. It really is not like anything else I've ever seen. I mean, it's it, it, it's a little bit uh, of like a liberal feel, like you often get with a college town. But that's about all. I, that's the closest I can say. The rest of it is just that Middletown is so unique. It, it, it's its own thing. There, there's, I, I, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. There's nothing like it. <laughs> so I can't say, well, it's so just like this. As, it's just like that. You know. <laughs> so you were talking about possibly getting on the radio show there. Yeah. So do you have any idea of like what their reach is or what that means? I mean, because I don't really know. Is a university radio show? Um, something that has a lot of listeners not not a clue i i really have no clue at all i'm sure mike and, and amory will be able to tell me but my guess is that it is it, it wesleyan is is very much an integral a part of the community and i i'm going to guess that the the radio station has a significant number of listeners coming from the student body but also a significant number of listeners coming from the community at large what that split is, I couldn't tell you, <laughs> but that's my guess that because it is very much a part of the community. It's not separate in any way. But in either case, there are warm bodies with listening ears 
and Mike is wanting to get you connected exactly. with those listening ears. Exactly. And and I'm thinking, you know, of course, my, my mind is just exploding with, well, okay, great. Maybe we get invited on to a show. Maybe somebody likes us. Maybe they say, okay, well, let's do something regularly. Maybe it leads to other radio programs on other stations hearing us. I, I just kept, you know, expanding it and expanding it and expanding it. Like, this could get really big. This could get fun. I don't know. But that's, that's, that, that's where cool. it goes. Yeah, it is cool. It's fun. Well, it's exciting think, to think. I don't remember now if it was yesterday's show or the day before that um, you kind of got semi-distracted for a moment because Tom Wells had sent right. you a text yep. also about a possible radio station thing. Mm-hmm. Did you find out what that was about? Yeah, it, it was not quite what we would have hoped it would be. It was uh, an outfit called Voice America, which sounds like Voice of America, but it really isn't. It has nothing to do with it. And from what Tom found from his investigations, it looks like it probably is a scam to get a lot of money out of people. Because what they basically do... Oh, Voice America. Oh, I know Voice America. It's a huge radio station. Oh, Voice and America, not Voice of America. No, Voice America. Voice America. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know a lot of metaphysical people who... Oh, you, you know, do? Have shows oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. Because he saw a bunch of stuff, people posting about how it was a scam. So that's why I'm, I'm curious to know what you know about oh, it. Oh, it's not a scam. It's expensive. And mm-hmm. the reason is because they have huge marketing. Oh, they do? It's not like... It's not a rinky-dink something that you just get on and pay some money and you have to bring in your own market. They do marketing, ah. and that's what you're paying for. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, because he did say the fee was – I think he said it was like $500 a show or something like that to be on their network. So, oh. it's, yeah, it's not, it's not cheap, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think it may even be more than that depending on the show. But it's very similar to when I worked at a broadcast radio station – you know, that's on your AM FM dial because it was an AM station. And I know that on Saturdays they had big openings. Um, some were 30 minute slots, some were an hour slot and you paid to have the show. And in most cases it was somewhere between a thousand and $2,000 per hour. So, so, so voice America, is this like, is this a network of radio stations? Um, it's I don't want I don't know that it's like um uh what's the one that that Oprah's on? Well she's on the own network right now. No that that's no, not for radio, that's for T V. Oh. She's she's also on a radio show. Anyway, um Well she was on XM what, what at the one I don't know where she is right for, now. I'm looking for the name of a satellite network. Well she was on XM at one point. XM, that's what I was thinking of. Oh okay. So Voice Voice America is not like XM. They, I believe they are internet, but they are hugely marketed. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, it's interesting anyway. So the point is he got uh, invited uh, by Voice America and he was checking them out and got a little bit scared away, I think, because of the high fees. But still interesting. Oh, so it wasn't somebody who had a show on Voice America asking to have him on as a guest. I, I don't believe so. I believe it was a, a, okay. somebody representing themselves as being from Voice America inviting him to consider doing a, sh- a podcast on Voice America. Got it. Or a radio product. I'm not sure. what is it a podcast? Is it a radio broadcast? I'm not, really not sure. I mean, it sounds like it would be a podcast. Uh, it, I believe it's live, but it's online. It is. Okay. Yeah, and I believe that their shows are recorded just like um, other online live shows. Okay. All right. So kind of like PRN, I mean, because we're on PRN, too. Um, although PRN doesn't doesn't sound like it's quite as big as 
what you're suggesting with Voice America. I mean, PRN doesn't charge no, you know, thousand dollars. No, I think it's, it's way beyond that. Like, so I've told you about Inspired Choices Network, which yeah. is pretty mm-hmm. much all, all metaphysical stuff. Well, it's a live online show, and there's a chat room, and you can interact with the, the host live via the chat. Oh, I see. So as well as you can call in. They're they're part of Voice America. No. No, they're separate. Internet. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Inspired Choices Network is its own. It's its own network. network. Okay. I'm still getting the lay of this land. That's all there is to it. I, I don't really know it at all. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, education is good. It is. It's very good. <laughs> and it's it's encouraging to 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 hear a positive report about Voice America because after what Tom told me, I said, Ugh, "Doesn't sound so good." But okay, this sounds a little bit better. Well, and I can see how people who think, "Oh, well, somebody's looking to get money," then that's a scam. But it's not a scam. You really get what you pay for. So, like our podcast. Um, it's kind of up to us to do the marketing. But with Voice America, you're paying for somebody to do the marketing. And they're using, they're doing paid ads and they're all sorts of other stuff that they do to get the word out about all their shows. It's interesting. I wonder how they do their targeting. I mean, when you got that kind of money, I mean, I've never had that kind of money to work with to, to you know, market a program. So I, I wonder what they do. I wonder what they're targeting is. It makes me interested. I mean, <laughs> I'm a marketing guy. What do you want? <laughs> well, so now here we're talking law of attraction. So if you stay fo- focused on Voice America and just do a little bit of Google searching, I'll bet you'll see it, Voice America showing up left, right, and all over. Yeah, I probably will. That's true. Yeah, I hadn't actually done anything. I didn't have time to, but uh, maybe I will now. Maybe I'll take a little time on the weekend, see what it's about. Who knows? <laughs> so, um, like I was invited to be on one of my friend's shows on Inspired Choices Network on July 18th. Oh, yeah. Um, and you so she pays to be on that show, mm-hmm. um, but she also gets clients from that. I mean, to me, that's, you know, what kind of what you do it for. But she also loves to just share information. Um, she's a, just a wonderful person in that respect. She loves to help people grow and change and um so I'm going to be on her show. And what's cool about that is that is a paid show. That's one that does get marketed in multiple places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have the opportunity to be a guest. Very good. That's nice. Anytime that you mm-hmm. get that kind of exposure, it's good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I was hoping the thing with Tom was. But uh, that's okay. It's not bad. It means that now people are, I mean, if they reached out to him, He's being noticed. That's right. Who yeah. knows what that means? In t- but because there's always something behind the scenes that we can't see. Like I was working at my bio today, and a little blurb for the radio sh- st- uh, the radio show I'm going to do with Rhonda next month. And I use the word invisible because law of attraction is invisible. But there's so much power going on on an unvis- on an invisible level. Mm-hmm. that it's amazing. And it's just like when you think about our, our cell phones, you know, we text and we download and we stream and, you know, we have telephone calls. But how that actually happens is outside of our visibility. To the naked eye, we can't see how it works. We just have this little apparatus we hold in our hand and we punch the buttons. But there are all sorts of signals Exiting and entering that little box that we call a cell phone. That's true. It's all invisible. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. 
and it's way beyond critical mass because most every human, you know, in America, you know, if, if you're an adult, has one of these cell phones. And a good number around the know. world, too. Yeah. So, you know, a law of attraction is very similar to that in that it's very powerful and it's invisible. Yep. It's just we don't even have to buy a device. We don't need a contract. We don't even need to pay a monthly subscription price. <laughs> it's free for anybody who's interested. <laughs> and even if you're I not know, interested, it's still free. <laughs> well, it's still free and it's still operating whether you're aware of it or not, that's whether you right. believe in it or not, or whether you like it or not. <laughs> How's that for marketing on behalf of Law of Attraction? That's right, yeah. <laughs> At some point, you, you, you kind of have to say, okay, well, it's there. I, I have to deal with it on some level. Maybe I ought to find out about the darn thing. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep working. And for years, people didn't know anything of it. But now that we do know about it, now that we are living in this day and age where mm. we've heard the term law of attraction, who knows where that started and why it's called that, except for it kind of makes sense because it's a law and it's a law about attraction. So the law of attraction makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't call it, well, I guess we just call it gravity. We don't call it the law of gravity, although some people could. But it's, you know, we could just call it attraction. But then people will go, what the heck is that? <laughs> oh. So I guess it makes sense to call it the law of attraction. But, you know, we're so lucky to live in this day and age where we get to be deliberate creators, where we get to figure this stuff out. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, we chose to be here. It's nice to know there may there may have been a time. good reason to be here because there was there was a time in my life when I kept wondering why on earth would I choose to be here and I, I couldn't believe that I would. <laughs> so it's nice <laughs> to know now that there's actually some good reasons to have chosen to be here and and you just outlined some really good ones. Yeah, I love the idea of I can, I can be in control of my destiny. Mm. Yeah, you know I kind of I I mean if you're a control freak, this is the best control <laughs> program on the planet. <laughs> okay well i had never thought of it that way but i think there's probably some truth to that you know i mean yeah if you're i've never really been that kind of a control freak so i can't really identify but makes sense oh well i can and that was probably one of the opening uh bids if you will that i bought into it which is when i learned that i was a creator of my own reality and i would have some kind of control over my reality i was in I'm like, I want to know more about this. This makes sense to me. I like it because I I was a control freak. Um, It's just that nobody told me at the time that, yes, although I get to still be in control, I do a lot of letting go (laughs) of control. Well, I would think you would have to. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you don't really get the control you want anyway. Ironically no, because really, I I now let law of attraction for as much in my life as possible control the outcome. My part of the control is the focus and the deciding what I want. So if I decide what I want and then I focus on it and then I turn over the control of how it comes to me, that's like the winning combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And it ties into so, what we were going to read in the book today. We we didn't actually talk about the book yesterday, but we're so we're still on the same page we were on on, on Wednesday night when we were when we were done with that podcast. But uh, we're on the section of part five entitled "These Times Are the Best of Times," and that that ties in pretty nicely with what we're talking about here. The fact that we yeah. chose to be here, the fact that uh, 
the choice seems to be working out better than I had originally expected. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's encouraging to know that these are the best of times. So uh, let, why don't we read the two paragraphs here and see what it has to say. It okay. says, you are living in a wonderful time in a highly technologically advanced society where you have access to stimulation of thought from all around your world. Your access to that information is of great benefit for it provides you with the opportunity for expansion, but it can also be a source of immense confusion. This is true. Your ability to focus upon a narrower subject brings forth more clarity, while your ability to focus upon many things at once more often brings confusion. You are receptive beings. Your thought processes are very fast, and as you are considering only one subject, you have the ability, by the power of law of attraction, to bring forth more and more clarity upon that subject until you can literally accomplish anything regarding it. But because of the availability in your society of so much stimulation of thought, very few of you remain focused upon any one subject long enough to take it forward very far. Most of you find yourself so distracted that you do not have an opportunity to develop any one thought to any great degree. And you know that's true. I mean, I think that's probably something I noticed intuitively pretty early on, and it depressed me when I was trying to understand how <laughs> to turn uh, the law of attraction to my advantage, because I realized I got so many thoughts going on, how on earth am I going to marshal mm -hmm. all of them? And it, and it really, mm -hmm. it, it threw me for a loop for quite some time. So, I mean, I can totally identify with that. And it, I'm hoping that what they're they're hinting at in that little two-paragraph section is that some of the future sections are going to give us more ideas about how to focus in a more singular way, because that is a good art form. That's a, that's a skill to have, I think, anyway. Definitely, definitely. Well, why don't you read the next section and see, see if right. it's going to give us some answers. Well, then we'll switch over. By the way, for those who are following along, we are now moving over to page 158. We never really announced that on this one, but uh, Cindy does and, and David does on uh, the books that we're doing there. So I figured, well, we should probably do it on this one, too. <laughs> so anyway, this section is called The Purpose and Value of Segment Intending, which is what this whole section is about, segment intending. And so segment intending is the process of deliberate identification of what is specifically wanted for this moment in time. It is done with the intent of bringing forth from all of the confusion of what is considered to be your total life experience, your awareness of what you want most in this particular moment. And as you take a moment to identify what that intention is, you bring forth tremendous power from the universe and all of it is funneled into this very specific moment in which you now stand. Think of your thoughts as magnetic. Indeed, everything within your universe is magnetic, drawn unto that which is like unto itself. And so whenever you are contemplating or focusing upon even a small negative thought, by the power of the law of attraction, it will grow larger. If you are feeling particularly disappointed or sad, you will find yourself attracting others who are not feeling much different, for the way you feel is your point of attraction. And so if you are unhappy, you will attract more of that which makes you unhappy, whereas if you feel good, you will attract more that you consider to be good. Since you attract or invite into your experiences the others with whom you interact, the people who surround you in traffic, the people you rendezvous with while shopping, the people you meet while you're walking, the subjects that people discuss with you, the way you're treated by your waiter at the restaurant, the waiter assigned to you at the restaurant, the money that flows into your experience, the way your physical body looks and feels, the people you date, this list could go on to include everything in your experience, 
It's okay. Well, I'm liking the list so you, far. <laughs> you're liking it? Oh, okay. Well, it, yeah. is, it is of value to understand the power of your now moment in time. The point of the segment intending process is to clearly direct your thought to those things that you want to experience by identifying the elements of life that are most important to you in this particular segment of your life. When we say to you that you are the creator of your experience and there is nothing in your experience that you have not invited, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we are met with resistance. The resistance comes because many of you have things in your life that you do not want. And so you say, Abraham, I would not have created this thing that I do not want. And we agree. You would not have done it on purpose. But we will not agree that you have not done it. For it is through your thought and only through and by your thought that you are getting the things that you are getting. But until you are ready to accept that you are the creator of your experience, then there is not much that will be offered here that will be of value to you. That's an interesting point. The law of attraction affects you whether you are consciously aware of it or not. And segment intending will help you be more aware of the power of your thoughts because the more you deliberately apply it, the more the details of your life will reflect your deliberate intent. So once again, they're a little bit wordy, but nevertheless, interesting. I mean, they did a nice job there. It's a little bit uh, wordy to read that section where they have all the uh, the different examples of things going on in our lives and and that's why i was kind of reading it quickly so that we could get the feel for it as as we're moving through it but boy does that describe what happens i mean it's like one thing happens after another and they're they're often not connected it's like this scene's going on that scene that scene this scene this scene that scene that scene and we're just jumping back and forth and this and over that and it can be very confusing especially if we're, if we're multitasking it that's why well, it's such, see, so much was, value like, to really focus on. Bask, that list, mm -hmm. I was basking in the list. Were you really? Uh, oh, yeah. It's like every time you talked about a different scenario, I was going, I've experienced that. I've experienced that. And it just went on and on and on. And so it's like I was really appreciating all the different examples. And then it caused me to ask this question. Um, during my day job, I've noticed that I haven't had as much communication with others. I haven't had quite as many emails or quite as many phone calls. And I was just in my head while you were reading, I was asking, what's that about? And I got because only those that are a match to you are reaching out. And I went, oh, so there's not as many people on my vibrational wavelengths? And I got, yeah, that's right. Wow, that's kind of cool. It's a nice filtering system, actually. Yeah, it's a really nice filtering system. I mean, I've, I've worked at this um, company now. I just had my 11th year anniversary. I've been there a long time. And, um, I mean, I've had many different kinds of phone calls. I've had many different kinds of communications. And I will say that there, it feels as though there has been a slowdown in the amount of people reaching out. But the ones that are reaching out, they're people that I enjoy communicating with, and they're, it's easy for me to give them their answers. Or another level of communication that I'm noticing a lot of is some of our newer people are reaching out and asking me different questions about some of our systems, and they're systems that I don't have access to, so I really can't answer them. And in the past, the old Wendy would have found a way 
to have learned a system even if I don't have access to it so that I could be, you know, the go-to person for everything, that I could answer everything. And I've really been practicing, you know, saying things like, you know, because I don't have visibility into the system, I really don't have a very clear answer for you. Here's my speculative answer, just based on other things I know, but I suggest you reach out to, and then I name somebody else, because they can probably give you more insight than I can. You know, and I get a thank you, mm-hmm. but it's like, it feels like I'm delegating. Well, you are. I, I know, and I, <laughs> but I've never used to do that. Oh, I used I to see. never delegate. <laughs> I owned everything, and it was like, oh, this is nice. I'm enjoying this, and I probably get about one delegation email a day where someone's asking me for something that I can't answer, and it's mm-hmm. like, instead of feeling bad like the old me used to, feeling bad, like, oh, my God, I can't help them. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll bet someone else can help them then. (laughs) That is a good change. I have to say, that's that's a great change because... It's a nice... it's really pleasant, and I hadn't really thought about it until you read that paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's such so, an important kind of change because ultimately, before, by trying to be the solution for everybody, you were miserable. And now by being the solution just where you want to be the solution and just where you want to talk with people, you're happy. That, that, well, that's, I that's a pretty good I change. Will, I'll make this correction. I was not miserable. Well, okay. Because I enjoyed being people's go-to person. Okay. But who I am today, I'm no longer the enabler that I was before. And so my need to be everything to everyone no longer exists. So how does that iron out? What what does that work out to? Well, when I needed to be the go-to person, I got my needs met and it felt good. Then as I began to shift who I am, which is, oh, I'm, I don't want to be an enabler. I want other people to be able to stretch for themselves and to learn on their own. You know, I'll point them in the right direction, but I'm not going to do it for them. Mm-hmm. And so okay. as I changed, I, so when I changed that internal part of me, then how I now respond to people has changed. So there was never a misery in it. It was just a, I prefer something different. Oh, I prefer okay. not to be... Um, an enabler. I prefer not to take away somebody else's ability to do their own critical thinking. So when you were expressing the frustration, oh, no, I can't help this person, you weren't actually feeling miserable. You were just feeling, what, I don't know, frustrated? I'm not sure what. It's just an awareness, you know, and, and actually, I wasn't like upset that I couldn't help them. It actually became the catalyst for me figuring out how I could help them. And I would go and go through all sorts of hoops to get access to things that normally I wouldn't have access to. And then I'd spend a long period of time learning something all for the possibility of being able to help somebody should they ask. Mm. And, and I'm recognizing today that is no longer my preference mm. okay. because that behavior belonged to me when I was an enabler, when I was doing things for people because I got my needs met by doing things for people. Well, now I get my needs met because I just am who I am. Which is certainly a lot easier. Yeah, it has a whole lot better ease and flow to it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I used to be working harder, faster, more hours than anybody else. And I was asking questions like, well, how is that? 
we're doing the same job. How come it takes me 10 times longer? And yet I work 10 times faster. So what's up? (laughs) Yeah, there's an interesting parallel. (laughs) And I realized I had more on my plate by choice. Mm. I added more to my plate because I wanted to be the best. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to be the go-to person. I wanted to take care of all my little ducklings in the nest. And now I prefer that not. I prefer to take care of me and to be a good stage director. And when someone says, where do I go? I say that way. Instead of, let me take you by the hand and I'll walk you there. It's, <laughs> it's fasc- very different for it's me. It's fascinating how everybody's perspective is so different, which is what I'm really saying is, is, is very different from mine. My perspective is very different from everybody else's. Theirs is very different from mine. And whenever I learn more about someone's perspective, like I'm learning, you know, talking to you right now, I, I'm just fascinated by it. Like, wow. I mean, that's not at all how I would think about the situation, but it's how you think about it. And I'm thinking, that's that's really interesting. That's just and it's wow. how I it's how I lived most of my life. Yeah, is doing things for others and, but in a way. But here's the very cool part: because of my natural ability, and natural because I've been doing it for so many decades, my natural ability to handhold somebody through something also sets me up for the white glove service. Hmm. It also sets me up to work with affluent people who have an expectation that if they're going to pay me premium prices that I do a lot of work on their behalf. Now, now, now why, why do you think it sets you up that way? What, what, what's the contributing factor that makes it such a good thing? Because when people pay, like, if you go to a car wash and you pay 15 bucks and you go through the, the mechanical car wash and then there's somebody at the end and they wipe your car dry, that's a different experience. I've only paid 15 bucks for it. I kind of got minimal car washing. Mm-hmm. But if I want my car detailed Mm. at a deeper level where I want them to use a toothbrush on the inside of my car vent and I want every scrap of every piece of dust removed, I might pay $125 for that service. Mm -hmm. And so that's where to me, it's where I was calling it handholding, where somebody's going to give me the white glove service. They're going to go above and beyond and I'm going to pay a premium price point to have that level of car cleaning. And you're, equa- you're equating it, that on some level with the service that you are planning to offer to the well-healed. To to the well what? The, the, the well-off. <laughs> oh, yes, the affluent. The affluent, Because yes. most people, like I've been watching a lot of reality television where there's affluence in the mix. And people who are affluent, they have an expectation when they hire a luxury realtor, that they get a level of service from a luxury realtor that they don't get from just somebody that they looked up on Google and said, oh, that realtor's in my area, I'll ask him. Mm. Because the the guy who's just, and, and not that there's anything wrong with being listed somewhere in Google in your area, no. but just the average person is like, sure, I'll look on the MLS and I'll see what's available for you. Right. Where the luxury realtor may use the MLS, but he can tell you every single person that's ever lived in that particular house, what the price point is, what the school districts are like, without having to look it up. Mm. Because it's just in their knowledge base. Mm -hmm. They know more. They are highly skilled. They're real experts. They've mastered this in these specific geographies. And you pay more for that level of service. Mm -hmm. But the people who go to them also have an expectation. Right. 
of that level of service. Sure. Like the car. So that's where I'm just kind of mapping it over where I now live in a state of choice where if I want to give white glove service to somebody where I'm the ultimate concierge, I can. I know how to do it. It's easy. I have those skills. And if I want to just be a director saying go that way, I have that choice too. And so I have a wide variety of flexibility within my my sphere of skills. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's see, once upon a time, the old me was driven by my need for somebody to validate my my worth. I'm no no longer driven by that. So I, but I developed skills because of that need that are highly valuable to me today. I just am no longer being tethered to having my personal needs met anymore by somebody acknowledging, oh my gosh, you're so great at this because I could have never done this without you. <laughs> you know, now it's, now I actually hear things like, wow, Wendy, you're the best. I so appreciate you always knowing who to send me to. That's also a whole lot skill. less, whole lot less work involved. Yeah. And I'm still getting the same level of praise. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> is like, true. Yeah. Hmm, this was a good swap. I wish I would have figured out how to done this many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Because now I'm actually working less hard and less hours, and my perceived value is still incredibly high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I, know, to me I know something else where the perceived value is incredibly high, and that's with our podcast and all the episodes that we put out. And I just wanted to take a moment to remind people who are not yet subscribers to the podcast that we would love to invite you to become one of the subscribers. It's completely free, takes about a minute to do, and all the instructions are right on our homepage at loatoday.net. The people who are subscribers have listened to tons of episodes. We know this from the numbers of people who, numbers of downloads compared to the people who you know visit the website and, and connect in via, via subscription. Uh, so we know people are enjoying it, and you know the evidence is very, very clear. So that's why we can say to you, we're really confident. If you subscribe, you're going to love this. You're going to be playing this all the time. So take a moment. Do yourself a favor. Get your daily dose of happy all lined up on your smartphone. Just go to the homepage, LOAToday.net. Do the, the, the stuff that's described there. I mean, it's really simple. It takes about a minute. And you're just going to love all the programming that comes your way. And thank you for being a subscriber. And, you know, I don't know if there's there's probably a variation on every kind of version of Windows or cell phone or operating system or mm-hmm. browsers or whatever. But yeah. I was looking at my, one of mine today, and I just clicked on LOA Today, and it was part of my subscription. And there's like 400, I think, and 59 episodes <laughs> that were all listed out. I could see their titles, and if I clicked on them, it opened up to tell me a little bit more about each show, and I thought, now, this is perfect for binge listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is my kind of information. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's working. I think other people are, are looking at this saying, whoa, party! Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love to, I was talking about it yesterday, but I love to fill my mind with things that feel good. I love new information. I mean, not everybody can handle as much information in their brain as me. Some people (laughs) prefer to listen to music. I mean, honestly, I'm not much of a music listener, which is kind of like 
from my understanding, I'm, I'm kind of rare in that because most people really enjoy listening to music on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that's just not my thing. It doesn't mean I never listen to music, but I, I have a preference during the day to listen to something in the background that's educational. And hey, it floats your I boat. That's like what counts. Th- Pardon me? It floats your boat. That's what counts. It does float my boat, and I don't listen to every word because I have to actually work and get and use my brain sometimes <laughs> on the actual job I'm doing. But I'm very aware that my inner being will cause me to notice by all of a sudden I hear something and I stop. And I just catch a phrase or a sentence or a paragraph that really speaks to me. And then it's like I almost tune out whatever I'm listening to, and I go back to what I'm doing. But now that new thought is rolling around in my head, and my inner being just kind of starts to implant um, other ideas and awarenesses that match up with that. So I get a fuller concept. Um, and I've been doing that all my life. That's just my thing. But see, binge listening to like our podcast falls in that category. Okay, now, now, you know, be- now this is freaky. This is really freaky. I got to read the next section of the book, okay? All right, go it, for it. it. I mean, it just, it, you won't believe how much it ties into what we've just been discussing here. Your uh, sus- you mean synchronicity <laughs> is kind of happening here? <laughs> Your society offers much stimulation of thought. That's the name of the section, which is pretty much what you're okay. talking about. It says, you live in a society that offers much stimulation of thought, and as you are open and receptive to that, you may very well be attracting more thoughts and thereby more circumstances and events and people than you have the time or desire to deal with. And then this is the one that I saw, and I couldn't believe it. In just one hour of your exposure to your media, (laughs) there is tremendous stimulation that is offered to you, and it is not a wonder that you often find yourself absolutely overwhelmed and that many of you have shut down completely, closed to all things, because there is so much coming to you so fast. And as I read, as I saw that, I said to myself, except for one thing, if you listen to LOA today, you're not overwhelmed, except perhaps with being overwhelmed with joy. It's not like the other kind of of one-hour exposure you're getting. You get one hour of exposure to stuff that just feels good all the time. What a difference between what, you know, the one hour of everything else and the one hour of us. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> nice point. So anyway, it goes on to say, this segment-intending process will offer you the solution. For as you are reading the words that are offered here, your confusion will be replaced with absolute clarity. Your feeling of being out of control will be replaced by a feeling of being in control. And for many of you, a feeling of stagnation will be replaced with a glorious, invigorating feeling of fast forward motion. Again, it feels like we're talking about the podcast again. Confusion comes forth when you are considering too many things at one time, while clarity comes forth while you are more singular in thought. And it all hinges upon the law of attraction. As you set forth a thought regarding any subject, the law of attraction immediately goes to work to deliver more stimulation of thought regarding that subject. And as you are moving from thought to thought to thought to thought, the law of attraction is offering you more thought regarding the thought, the thought, and the thought. (laughs) There's a a lot of thinking going on here. And that is the reason you often find yourself feeling overwhelmed, for by the law of attraction you have now summoned information upon a great many subjects. In many cases, that information will come forth from your past. In many cases, it will come forth from those who are closest to you. But the end result is all the same. You are considering so many things that you are moving forward in no one specific direction. And the result, of course, 
is a feeling of frustration or confusion, except when you listen to LOA today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, that was, to me, that was about segment intending. I mean, we're in that subject, but to me, this was really very much about what it's like to be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've often said overwhelmed simply means you've taken in more data at one time or you're focused on more things at one time than your brain can really process. And it's interesting because I have found that I used to have an objection um, to slowing down because when I was overwhelmed, I felt the natural inclination was I need to move faster or I need to complete more things when the opposite is really the case. Because being overwhelmed is just a state of being, and and it's temporary. It doesn't last. And so really, when we're overwhelmed, the most appropriate thing to do is to stop everything. Yeah, it's true. And take take a breather, take a break, get some clarity, prioritize. You know, okay, of all these millions of things that I think I have to do, what's the one thing that if I did it would somehow make me feel better? And, you know, I'll be honest, I've listen to an awful lot of um, high-performance success gurus, and their common thread is that you want to do the most important thing that's going to move the needle for you the most. That's the first thing you should do every day. So in other words, reading your email and cleaning out your inbox is not priority number one. But if, you know, getting out a newsletter where you're going to have a new offering to a bunch of people and that's going to produce money, that's the first thing you do. Mm-hmm. Well, what I have found, and this is, this is supported by the concepts of law of attraction, is if that thing that really is the biggest moneymaker feels heavy, feels ugh, uncomfortable, like I just don't have the inspiration to do it, then trying to do it is an uphill battle. Boy, is that ever the truth. Oh. Because you're pulling so much resistance of where you are. And sometimes the best thing to do is choose not to do that thing when, well, I will say always. No, maybe not always. Most of the time, (laughs) (laughs) the best choice is to not do that unless it's something where, you know, somebody's got a gun to your head and you have to do it because there's a huge deadline. But if you have control over it, Putting it to the side until you get a sense of feeling good about life again or about whatever it is you are working on, then it's best to put it aside. And so a practice I started doing, you know, I'd look at my long to-do list and I knew, you know, at the top was the priority and the priority was the one that had the biggest bang for the buck. But you know what? Sometimes I just wasn't in the mood or it didn't feel good or I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. So I'd look at the list and go, what's the thing that feels the most acceptable to do? What do I have just even a little bit of excitement about? And I do that. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I'm actually working with law of attraction instead of against it because now I'm feeling good. And now that I'm feeling good, law of attraction brings me more uh, thoughts and reasons to feel good. And oftentimes, the big bang for my buck might be the last thing I do. But by the time I get to it, I'm, such, I'm on such a roll that I'm not overwhelmed anymore, and I feel like I've cleared the deck, and now I have the time to do it, and I actually have the mental inspiration, and I'm ready to roll. And sometimes that big thing 
had been in my head the whole time I was doing the little stuff, but I was like percolating ideas Mm. as to how to get it in motion. Then by the time I get to it, it feels more inspired because now I've got some ideas that I'm like, yeah, I know how to do this now. Okay. I know how to put this outline together. Yeah. I'm on the same page. And so following what I call conventional wisdom is not always the best wisdom, but following wisdom according to how law of attraction operates, that's smart. To me, that's the smartest plan. It's, it, and it's got a lot of good points in there. I mean, there was a whole bunch that you covered that was really, really good points. Not the least of which is that when you weren't, when, when, when you were trying to do something that didn't feel good, you were basically setting yourself up for failure, even though it was the big money maker, even though it was the thing that was the most important thing on the agenda. And the the other one that I wanted to, to emphasize that goes along with that is he said, well, I mean, there's sometimes like if there's a gun held to your head, obviously you have to do something. And I'm thinking, well, that's not necessarily true. I, I mean, it, literally, if there's a gun to your head, yes. But usually when we use that phrase, what we're really saying is there's pressure on me. There's pressure on me to get this right. thing done. And you know what? There's an awful lot of times where there's pressure on you where, I mean, you're really the one who put it on yourself. I find that I do that a lot. I put pressure on myself in ways that I really don't need to. And if I if I really honestly look at it, many, maybe even most of those pressure situations are pressure situations I can temporarily walk away from. It's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be done right now. It's not that critical. I mean, when I talk about the gun to the head, that's like I, I had a boss uh, three bosses ago where he would call me up and they'd say, Wendy, I'm about to go into a meeting with my boss in 10 minutes. Can you pull the following stats for me? And I'm like, he couldn't have, he knew he was having this meeting for the last three (laughs) days and he decides 10 minutes before the meeting and he wants me to do it now. And he goes, and if you can't get it in 10 minutes, then just tell me as soon as you can, just, you know, email at the moment you have it complete. Wow. And so that to me is what I call the gun to the head, which is, Okay, but I will tell you, that gave me a wonderful place to utilize what I know about law of of attraction, because I would take a deep breath instead of because what I used to do at first when he would do this to me, because yes, he did it to me for the full eight years I worked for him. um, Mm -hmm. I would freak out and go, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) And then I'm like, where do we even find this information? Because he wouldn't say pull it from this report. He goes, I know you know how to get this. Just figure it out. And I'm like, okay, what resources do I have? And how can I pull it? And, you know, I mean, and I would, my panic was actually delaying my progress. Hmm. So over time, that sounds like a a soundbite, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, over time, what I learned to do is the moment I get off the phone with him, I'd stop and I'd breathe. And then I'd ask myself questions. All right, where do you know? And I'd be very calm about it. Where do you know you can find this information? And so then I'd go and I'd pull it. And I would amaze myself sometimes. I'd like, huh, got it to him three minutes before the top of the hour. (laughs) Man, that was good. But I knew that the reason I was eventually able to do it that way was because I took myself out of panic. I took myself out of overwhelm. And I'm like, let's have law of attraction work with me, not against me. Because if I'm feeling panicky, law of attraction is going to bring to me more thoughts and reasons to feel panicky. Right. 
So if I'm feeling calm and I took the time to breathe, then while I'm in that space of, okay, I'm calm, let's think clearly, law of attraction brings me more thoughts for me to think clearly. And then it kind of became fun. It's like, ooh, how quickly can I make this happen? I'll really impress this <laughs> his socks off, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but that's one of those cases where I evidentially prove to myself how I really am in control of the quality of that situation. It can be really unsettling if I stay in a state of panic and overwhelm, or I can move into calm and clarity. But it's not like I went there immediately. It took me time to go, ooh, I really hate this feeling of panicky. This, you know, everything in me is just feeling really, ah, you know, at my wit's end. And it really negatively impacted the rest of my day. And so more panicky, uncomfortable things would show up all day long. I would imagine that too. Why? (laughs) Because that's what law of attraction does. But then when I decided to control the direction of where my energy was going to focus, law of attraction worked with me there again. But the results were so much kinder, so much gentler, so much better. So... Kind of back to what I said earlier, law of attraction is working 24-7 whether we like it or not, but when we decide to be deliberate about how we're going to focus our attention, we get law of attraction to work with us, not against us. And that's the benefit of the segment intending. That's it right there and in a nutshell. The you, you, you just described it very carefully and very very clearly. That's good. I'm not and, sure you know, if- honestly, at the at the time I was doing it, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of segment intending, <laughs> but the fact that I would stop and breathe and then set, kind of reset the rudder for, okay, let's get clarity. Let's think with clarity. That did set the, a new intention. The intention was clear and calm, clear and calm. And, and actually, that, that's what they're talking about in the next little section of the book, From Confusion to Clarity to Deliberate Creation. It says as you choose. We should read that. Well, let's read it. Let's find out. It says as you choose any one primary subject that you want to ponder, the law, the universe, will deliver unto you more regarding that specific thought. But instead of many thoughts coming from many directions, even conflicting opposing directions, the thoughts and the events that now come forth will all be in harmony with the primary thought that you have set forth, and thus there will be a feeling of clarity. And even more important than the feeling of clarity will be the understanding that you are moving forward in your creation. When you consider many subjects at the same time, you generally do not move forward strongly toward any of them, for your focus and your power is diffused. Whereas if you are focusing upon that which is most important at any point in time, you move forward more powerfully toward that. So I think that's that raises just the one little piece that needs to be addressed because you, you really covered it thoroughly. But do you think when you were kind of in your old mode that you were focusing in a lot of different directions? They were, they were suggesting that's where most of the confusion happens when we're trying to focus on too many things at once. Oh, I would agree. And even today, and it doesn't happen very much today, but on the occasion that I'm not in the best uh, emotional space, it, it can happen where if I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling panicky or I'm feeling like, oh, I have to get this done quickly and I don't have all the resources necessary to do it and I'm under crunch because it has to be done in the next 30 minutes. It's very common that then I'll get a couple IMs, you know, instant messages from various different people 
on my team, and each one is asking a question that's really complicated. <laughs> it's not like here's a sentence and I say yes or no. It's something where I have to dig into it, and it could take me an hour just to research what they're saying. But they're telling me because it's a manager that you know the manager's telling me, oh, and I need this really as fast as you can get it to me. And then I get another IM that's equally as bogging me down. Mm -hmm. And then I get some emails flying through. And then I have a call waiting coming through. And it's like when I have like three, four, five people all vying for my attention at the same time, if I'm not in a good space, I just like want to explode. Oh, yeah. I could see how that would spiral really quickly in a bad way. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of ironic because here I am sitting in my home office. Nobody sees me. <laughs> and if I, and, and sometimes here's what I think, and this is how I get out of it. If I wasn't here, how would all these things get resolved? <laughs> Interesting question. What if this was my lunch? What if it was time to go to the bathroom? What if I was not sitting in my, con in front of my computer? What would they do? And that starts to calm me down and it starts to remind me you know what? The world goes on without me. Mm -hmm. And each one of these five people has an immediate need. But if I don't respond to them immediately because their need is so urgent, they'll go somewhere else. I'm not the be all end all for every person on the planet, even though I used to think I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the fear that, that you, you kind of need to be ties into something that Robert Heinlein, the science fiction writer, who I, I loved his stories very much, um, included in one of his little segments, one of the little sub-stories he told, it, it was a little rhyme that he created to describe what it's like to be in panic mode. He says, when in panic or in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. But I find the, I guess why I love law of attraction and why I love to teach it, why I love to study it and why I love to just be immersed in it is because I see evidence of law of attraction everywhere. And whereby it, in the past, I might have thought this was just my response to, you know, a pressured deadline. And on, on one level, yes, it was my response to a pressured deadline. But because of my response, the law of attraction went, oh, she must like that because that's what she's doing. She's doing a response of pressure and, you know, feeling this way. We'll give her more of it. <laughs> so once upon a time, I didn't realize that law of attraction was like working really hard for me to feel even greater pressure. But when I really started to understand my relationship to the law of attraction, I recognize my responsiveness to everything and anything that comes into my life is going to determine the quality of what comes right after. So if I have a really bad response to something and I go like stark raving crazy, well, I'm going to get more of that for a while until I shut it down. And it's up to me to shut it down. Because mm. law of attraction is just going to keep going. It's like, you know, the law of attraction is like a train running away at 100 miles an hour and it has no plan on stopping. That's true. Unless me, as the engineer of the train, actually apply the brake. Or it's unless up it's, to me. Unless it's me running the podcast and saying we're out of time. Then I'm the one who has to apply the brake. But 
Unfortunately, I have to apply see, the brake. That's you in control, Walt. I, I am in and control. Law of attraction, <laughs> and law of attraction is going to let the show come to an end unless I keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that happy note, we hope everybody has a great weekend and look forward to talking to you on Monday. Wendy, I look forward to talking to you on Monday as well. Me too. <laughs> and we hope that you'll join us all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye for now.